All right, we are back at the Two TV Sports. It's a Tosh and Jerry podcast. Jerry, it's Masters Week. We're seeing all the commercials. We're seeing the pictures. Amen Corner is looking amazing. The course is looking so pure. Can't wait. We'll get into that. We'll get into some M- uh, NBA and NFL stuff. I've got some stuff I want to talk about the packs, Jerry's team. But first, Jerry, how are we doing today? Dude, absolutely pristine Augusta National back in action. I mean, it's like my favorite week of the year. We got March Madness coming to a close. We got I know everyone likes the ups. We got a blue blood final four. I think that's really what we want to be seeing. Uh, despite how everybody says they want to see an upset run. That's not really what we want to see. We want to see the heavyweights go at it, which we got a great match. We're going to get into that. Some masters favorites, basketball playoffs coming up. I mean, dude, I think we talked about in October being the best time of year with baseball coming to an NBA starting up. But I mean, this first week of April, well, I mean, the only thing it doesn't have is the NFL. And even now we're going to talk some Pats. So it's a good time to be alive. Oh, great, great time. Uh, Let's start out with the Masters because, I mean, that's what I'm most excited about. Um, and, and yeah, John Rahm, he's the favorite, Jerry. That's your guy. That's Drew's guy. Uh, and I'm excited, I'm excited to see uh, this year's tournament. I mean, anything can happen, really. But do you have any guys that you like? So real quick on Rom, he was out of contention coming into Sunday last year, and I believe he went 63, if not 62, on Sunday. So – he does have the potential to light up Augusta National. I think he's played it enough times, has the experience, has the demeanor, has won the U.S. Open. I love John Rahm this, this year. Um, a couple other guys kind of off the board. Tyrell Hatton, who is kind of off the board. Not many people are, like, looking out for him. has been playing out of his mind these past couple of weeks. He's plus 5,000 to win this tournament, but I think he has a legitimate chance this week. I'm excited to see how that one unfolds. Um, let me give you a guy that I'm not as excited about Bryson DeChambeau and Tiger Woods, two massive names in the game. Bryson's coming off of a back injury. Uh, we just saw him swinging the driver for the first time. He said he was getting back up to speed, not liking his chances. Also don't like that. He disrespected Augusta national a couple of years back. So serves him right. Um, Tiger, I don't like just because, you know, it's his first time back in competitive golf. Obviously don't count Tiger Woods, but I will not be sprinkling anything on Tiger Woods this, uh, this year, another guy, um, real quick that I don't like, um, Morikawa to repeat, or not Colin Morikawa, um, Hideki Matsuyama to repeat, don't like him at all. I do like Colin Morikawa. If he can consistently play his irons and get around the green, that's what you need, a little bit of touch and finesse at Augusta National. I have some others that we can touch on, but I'll let you, let you get a word in here. Yeah. If, if Morikawa is making his putts, I, I really like him because you know his irons will be pure. And so if, yeah. if he's just making some of those putts, he's going to go low. Um, I, I also like John Rahm as the favorite. Um, a few guys I hate, I definitely would not put money on Roy McIlroy plus 1,800. I feel like every time he's like, I'm with he's you. like top like 5, 10 in odds. And every time he just doesn't play well. And it's just like, yep who's betting on this guy? Like he, he never plays well in majors ever. And so, I mean, I'm not betting on him. Um, I, I, I do kind of like, uh, I do kind of like Scotty Scheffler. He's been playing great golf. Um, and he, he, uh, I think, I think he's primed for a little major breakout. So he's the fastest guy to get to world number one after winning their first event on the PGA tour. So yeah, yep. I, I 
I think I think he's going to be in the mix. Um, like you said, definitely don't bet on Tiger. That uh, that doesn't uh, that's he he's like hasn't played in a tournament. Um, he's not winning this thing. A few guys I had questions about Jerry. I, I want your take on uh, Justin Thomas. Does he finally break through? Then give me your take on Shafle because he had that whole collapse last year. But I do like Shafle. Um, and then uh, lastly, Kepka, who's just like always in the mix. Yeah. Okay. So okay. So first, start with Spieth. I think he's back rounded into form. We've seen him win at Augusta. Um, I actually I like his chances a lot more this week than I did the last two or three Masters coming into it. Do I think he's going to win it? Not necessarily. Do I think he'll be in the hunt come late Saturday into Sunday morning? I do. I do think he'll be right there when you see those top five names on the leaderboard, which is which is exciting. I hope it's him and Rom going back and forth uh, with it. Um, the next guy you mentioned was not Kepka. It was Justin Thomas. Um, yeah, until he does it, I just don't. I can't be putting any money on Justin Thomas. Like we've seen him time after time come to Sunday in the leader around the lead and then give it away. And it's he'll, until I see him close. I, I just don't think the first time he does, it's going to be at Augusta. I think it might be. He'll like, be yeah. I mean, he did win one. He won what, the PGA, but yeah, yeah. I, he's always in the mix and always comes like in fourth. Yep. And he has the classic JT disappointed look. And it sucks. He's such a great guy. And he's such a fun, like Twitter follow, but like <laughs> he, he just is not closing this tournament. I don't um, like JT Brooks rolls out of bed and contends at majors. So, I mean, do I expect him to be like, yeah, he could be at eight under or 12 under, or he could be like plus two and like be on the cut line. Like <laughs> I have no, I literally have no idea. Brooks is one of the guys that is either going to be very in it or very out of it. And we're going to know pretty much by day one, what, which way he's going. Um, one guy we, I, we didn't mention it who I actually really like in this year's tournament is Patrick Cantlay, a guy that is un- the ice. unshakable, unshakable. Um, he's been playing out of his mind. He had back fusion surgery. Or I don't know if it was back fusion surgery. He did back surgery a couple of years back. Basically had a pretty late breakout to his PGA career. And this is all the potential he's always had. And he's rounded into form. He's great around the greens. He's, I mean, he's great off the tee. He's just playing all around great golf coming into this tournament. And uh, I'm not sleeping on Cantlay at all. I'm not either. I like that pick. Um, what last one on on a Shoffle after he like collapsed oh, yeah. last year. Yeah. Do you think he's getting primed for a, you know, just a meltdown again? Like, or no, think I, I think, the- I think going two and then winning is tough and two and two is tough. I just don't think he's going to be in the top five. I think he was that close and it's so hard to get within that distance and be consistently up there. And so, no, I don't see it from him. Um, but quickly, another guy that might be contending um, Cam Smith, he's been on fire lately too. So it, the Aussie from down under possibly coming to uh, Augusta, Georgia. I'm excited to see that. Yeah, there's so many guys in the mix. It's shaping up to be a great tournament. Hopefully, Tiger plays. That'd be interesting. Not expecting. Well, I mean, much. Uh, what we've seen too of the last couple of years, we saw DJ run away with it, and then we saw one or two guys at the top, you know, going back and forth and battling it out. What I would love to see is a grouping of like three or four of these big name guys. And, and by big name, I mean like I'm throwing in Cantlay and, and Scotty Scheffler now, and you know, like I want to see the, like the favorite, the top ten guys be all within like two or three strokes of each other going into Sunday. Obviously it's what we all want, but I think this field shakes up to have that play out more so than the other ones we've seen lately. Yeah, totally. Um, last thing on the, on the masters, I, w- I wanted to get your rankings top three favorite holes at Augusta national. 
Wow. I mean, it's got to be 12, 14, not in order. I'm not going in order. 17 has got to be on there with the water. Or was it 16 where, uh, who was it? Um, Francesco Molinari blew at the Tiger. That whole. Yeah. Incredible. That's a great one. Um, but There's yeah. There's so many. I mean, what, are, what are your top three? What are, Give me your top three. Dude, I, sheesh. Top three. 12 has got to be on there. I think yeah. 17's got to be on there. You mean 16? got to be. Yeah, yeah. 16, 12. 13's probably, dope. With yeah. The, with the creek and the par five or whatever. Yeah, it's got to be two. amen corner. Like, I mean, yeah. 15 well, is I, also Do you have a definitive? <laughs> well, I think 12 has got to be on there. I have yeah. a picture of 12 in my living room. So 12 is a lock. Um, 13, I just think it's such a cool hole. Uh, the way that the creek just kind of bends through there. So I, yeah. I would have 13, and I think 18's obviously just great. Um, 18's iconic, but it is a par for its missable. Right? Like, I don't, I think it's iconic because we've seen so many great finishes there. But like, if you take that away from it, I don't think it's yeah, one of the top three holes at Augusta. <laughs> that magnolia tree down the right side of the fairway is just yeah. so perfect. Um, I think. 11 is a cool hole with the with the pond right there 15 yeah. obviously is great another par five where you've got the water so between the us we have the, the entire back. we have the entire back nine covered Pretty much. <laughs> so 10 is also dope because 10 yeah. at that bunker on 10 is sick um so I, i'll go with 12 13 and and 15 but i can understand you putting 16 yeah i want to uh, go like 12 13 16 on this one but i mean i like that we both have 12 in there i mean i feel like that's a lot yeah i just can't wait to watch like there's nothing better than just watching the you know looking wall at the, the wall course and, for four days and, and, and i mean get you this, can't Jared, it. i'm taking I, i'm on vacation this week so i'm taking thir- i'm taking wednesday thursday friday off so i've got all day to just watch the masters that's huge i uh i'll be joining you on friday but thursday i'm gonna have to uh suffer through but we'll see if i can get some uh some viewing and i think i can uh arrange it maybe we'll yeah. do a lecture wednesday <laughs> yeah all right let's let's switch it over to another the great springtime uh event and that would be march madness where last night as we're recording on sunday we saw coach k go down last night i know jerry's a duke fan kind of but I'm very anti-Coach K, anti-retirement tour where everyone has to celebrate him. Um, So I was very down for North Carolina to win that game. I I mean, I I agree with you in the fact that the retirement tour is over the top. Like, I'm kind of happy that's over. Completely Um, over the top. Yeah, kind of a – not a great look on Duke walking off the court and not shaking hands with their rival in the Final Four. Terrible look. It's pretty tough. Um, Wendell Moore, good for him, though, staying out there. Yeah, I mean, that game, it, it was anyone's ball game coming down to it. What did it come down to? Free throws. You've got to hit your free throws. And Duke didn't. And that's really what it comes down to. It was it was tough seeing Armando Baycott go down because I thought at that point like, Duke was going to seize momentum, like win the game. Um, and like you never want to like root for an injury or anything like that. Um, and I'm happy he's okay. Uh, but I'd rather have seen them win with Baycott in there than try and – I mean, they didn't even win without him for that little stretch. But um, – yeah, Duke just didn't get it done, and that's that's upsetting. Although, I, I, and to that point, like I don't know why people were doubting Hubert Davis like taking over this UNC program. Like I don't get where it, where all that hate's coming from, like taking over for Roy Williams. I don't know if you like you have any insight. I on just that think one, but... probably 
because he didn't have big time success at a big time program. Like Roy Williams had major success at Kansas when he came yeah. in, taking over one of the probably the either the top or second top program in the country. And you know they didn't get someone. From, Got it done. You know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, I, he did. This team is clearly bought in. Like they don't have any just great player who's going to be, you know, top 15 pick most likely, but they've got, they've got some upperclassmen. They've got guys who are bought in who know their role and who are making great plays. Um, Whereas I think Duke is kind of the opposite. Duke is just like all these young dudes who are ready for the NBA, who like are kind of looking for their own. They're all looking Um, for their numbers on Duke. hundred percent. They're not playing team ball. And I don't think, I don't think K did a great, like he got like getting him to this point, I give him credit for, but I don't think he did a great job of like getting this team to really play as a team and like not do the ISO ball. It seemed like every possession in the cut down the stretch, it was just like Bonchero ISO, the more him ISOing Roach ISOing. It's just like, come on, like you guys have so much talent, but this is what you're going to do. I mean, um, a similar thing happened when they had uh, Zion and um, who was Zion's right? And Barrett and Cam Reddish. Yeah, like that team was underachieving. Yeah, three they got down to early. But yeah, I mean, we've seen this before when Duke has overwhelming talent and they don't play team ball, they don't succeed. Although, I mean, Final Four, it's nothing to scoff at. Like, Coach K, yeah. 15 Final Four runs. It, it, like, I know it's not the like, storybook ending he wanted, obviously, but like, all in all, it's bad luck going out to your rival making it to a final four and going out. Not yeah, horrible. I just think it's not horrible, but the fact that he lost in North Carolina's last game at Cameron Indoor, he lost. Yeah, UNC <laughs> really put a damper on uh, his, his exit. Like, which, um, I might be the only one of the few that's not happy about that. So I'm going to have to live with yeah. that. Um, so UNC Kansas in the title game. Yeah. With, you have to like Kansas's chances with Baycott. Uh, Baycott, like, I mean, maybe he'll play, but that ankle is going to not. Yeah, it's be not going to be great. The other thing is, this is reminds me of that undefeated Kentucky team going into the championship game where they left it all on the line in the final in the in the final four matchup, and it had nothing. You to mean Wisconsin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it Wisconsin who blew it in the championship? Was it not the Kentucky team that went like nah, thirty-eight so, and one? So, uh, Kentucky was thirty-eight and zero, and they were playing Wisconsin in the final four with Kaminsky and Sam Decker and that whole team, and yeah, and Wisconsin won. Right, and, and then lost Duke. in the yeah, – yeah, yeah, they lost to Duke. So that's what I'm thinking might happen with this UNC team where they were so emotionally invested in upsetting Duke once again and, like, taking them down. And, like, they're not going to be able to get up again for this game against Kansas. And, like, Kansas didn't even play that well as a team against Nova and, like, still handle – I mean, yes, Nova was missing, like, their best player. But I think yeah. Kansas might I- – my pull away. To be honest, Kansas is favored by four. I think you hammer Kansas minus four. Yeah. I think this might be a blowout. Like Kansas yeah. has, has the better team. They're they are they didn't have to battle it out last game. Like if you look at North Carolina, their five starters basically all played like thirty five to forty yeah. minutes. Whereas yeah, Kansas, Kansas like a lot of their dudes played like in the twenties and thirties. So they're going to be more rested. They're going to be uh, healthier. And they have better players. So I really like Kansas to win it all. I think this is Bill Self's year. Uh, yeah. And I, honestly, I, Kansas is overdue. Like, think about how they are viewed as a, a blue blood program. Bill Self was talking about how it's time for Kansas to start winning these championships again. It's like, obviously, it's coach speak. That's fine. But like, Kansas is definitely overdue. And UNC just won one. 
couple of years ago. So I don't see them yeah. adding to that total, which I'm good yeah, with. I mean, I, I don't, think, I'm pretty indifferent on Kansas in general, but I'm anti-UNC. So I got to be rooting for the Jayhawks tomorrow night. Yeah, same. I mean, Hammer, I think Hammer, Kansas minus four. That's great action to take on that game. Um, let's get to a little NBA. It's coming down to stretch run here. Um, Jerry, we haven't talked since the Robert Williams injury, or maybe we potted lot. I, I don't remember, but yeah, uh, the, this the whole thing, like this whole take about how the Celtics were like great title contender favorites, whatever, and then Robert Williams gets hurt, and now they've got no chance. Like, I think it, it's detrimental to the team. I'm gonna go opposite of this one. I no, I'm with that, dude. When you have Robert Williams anchoring your defense. You don't have to have help coverage rotate over when a guy's driving to the lane. You look out for him. Like, it frees up your defense so much. And when you have him and Smart, the opposing offense can't do anything. You have a lockdown guy in the perimeter. You have a lockdown guy at the rim. Like, Robert Williams is in the conversation with Rudy Gobert as depoy. Like, this is not – like, this is not a light loss. It's not a guy you can replace easily. Like, this is a big he, loss. The Celtics' big yeah. three right now – the Celtics' big three is Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown and Robert Williams. He's the third missing piece. He's developed into that missing piece. He's our Draymond. <laughs> Without him, yeah. it's a huge loss. It's a huge loss. Okay, okay. It, it is a big loss. Let, hold the horses on the Draymond comparison. <laughs> I think offensively, Draymond's a much better passer and distributor. Yes. Not as good of a finisher. But I, my take is that, like, I think it's just funny how all these Celtics people and Celtics media are, like, we're the title can team. And then, Oh, Robert Williams is here. No, we're our season's over. It's like, <laughs> were you guys really a title contending team? If, if the Robert Williams injury is making you like, like for me, it's like, I don't think you were a title contending before Robert Williams out is also, but hurt. I think we had a, like an act, a legitimate chance at getting to the finals with him. Without him, I think the road's a lot, a lot. I think it's just a huge difference. Like, I, I know that your viewpoint is like the Celtics aren't going to make it regardless of whether you have him or don't. But, like, to yeah. us Homer Celtics fans, <laughs> having him enables us to get there. Yeah. I just, it was, I was just very tired of hearing, like, uh, like, you know, this Robert Williams injury cost the Celtics a championship. It's like, dude. Yeah. I don't come think it's, on, I'm like... not saying like we would be favored to come out of the East with him. I think there's a chance we come out of the East with him. I don't think there's a chance we come out of the East without him. That's the difference. Like, I'm not saying like, okay, the Celtics are going to be overwhelmingly dominant with him. But I mean, dude, we're by far leaps and bounds the best team in the NBA on the defensive side of the ball with him in the lineup. And that's inarguable. Like, we've been playing uh, out of our mind defensively. I think you guys are one of them. I think, though, that if you have a team like the Bucks in the playoffs, if they're playing hard defense, it's not that much different. And then offensively, it's like has not nothing even for close. Sleepy Williams. <laughs> yeah, please. Uh, I, so Jerry, I was high on the nets. Okay. Um, like even up to the point where last week when we were potting, but I'm starting to lose faith. Like they just haven't gotten things together. Like I thought Dude, they would. I, like I told you last week when we potted that I want them round one. Like I'm not afraid of this nets team. I'd yeah, rather catch them it, before they I get hot. Give them to me. They just, one. they just, it, they just can't get everyone together and play. Like they just have a weird, a kind of a weird roster. And like, yeah, Ben Simmons being out, like they need, they really need him. Yeah, and that's not um, a guy you want to be counting on, let alone in the in the regular season. But come come postseason, I don't think that's the guy I, you want to lean on. Yeah, I I thought that if they were running with. You got Kyrie, you got Seth Curry, you got KD, Ben Simmons, and Bruce Brown. 
Dude, I it's thought a great I would team probably, on paper. I would take that five, but like they never have those guys. And then they end up playing like Patty Mills, like 30 minutes, Andre Drummond starting, Kessler Edwards is starting the other night. So like Cam Thomas is playing 25 minutes. Like the, the, I just, I don't know if things are going to come together. Like Katie put up 55 against the Hawks and a must win game for them. And they lost, like they just don't have enough. I'm with you. I mean, I don't disagree with anything you said on this Nets team. I'm completely on board with all of that. I don't think they make it out around one. And yeah, uh, maybe round. Uh, yeah, they might not. Dude, um, depending on the map, I just, I mean, we'll see how the yeah. thing shakes out. But I, I mean, I'm not yeah. counting on that. The Sixers also, like, I don't remember, I don't remember your take on them, but I was out on the Sixers last week and I'm even more out now. Like James Harden, isn't that good anymore? Like we need to hold. Yeah. Yeah. It's like quick. Yeah. We need to chill on the, on the James Harden being still being like a top 10 player. Like James Harden is not an efficient player at all. Like if you look at his, like he's a good passer, don't get me wrong, but he's shooting 41% from the field this year and he's shooting 33% 33% from three. Like, that's not good. Like, if no, he's that's, taking that's like 20... Cap. Yeah, if he's taking 20 shots a game with that efficiency, you're just not going to win that many. Like, you're just not going to be that great of a playoff team. So, I'm out on the Sixers. And they don't play defense either. Like, when you have... they, You know, they, gave, they won against Charlotte the other night, but they gave up 114 points. They give up 118 to Milwaukee, 114 to Phoenix. Like, 121 to the Lakers. Like their defense is not very good with these guys, and I'm out. Yeah, I'm with you. And I also want to the only thing I'll add is I love the Sixers continued turmoil. They couldn't get it right with Ben Simmons. They can't get it right with James Harden. Uh one of the team I want to talk about before we get to some NFL is the Grizzlies. Uh they're amazing. Like both sides of the ball, they're electric, they're fun. I mean, you think they get to the finals this year? Like do you think? Not that they have a legitimate shot, because I think you think that they have a legitimate shot. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but this Grizzlies team is absolutely electric. I think they can contend with anybody. Yeah, they're playing really good basketball. I don't want to like discount them or anything, but what wor- what worries me is the jaw injury. Like, is he going to be back and playing like he's capable of? Because he relies so much on his athleticism and explosion yep. that with his knee being hurt, that worries me a lot. And also, I think when you shut down jaw, I just like, it's going to be a lot of Dylan Brooks and Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson trying to create offense. And it's just, I just don't really love that. So I'm kind of out on the Grizzlies. The West is interesting though, because you've got the Grizzlies and the Warriors who's, who are the two and three seeds whose best players are out, Mm -hmm. uh, who are supposed to be back for the playoffs, but we'll see how they're playing. Yeah. And you've got like, I don't trust the, jazz or the nuggets at all um so i'm just gonna not count them in and then so of the other teams i would consider as being threats you've got the mavericks and the suns uh the suns like have been the best team by far they're gonna have close to 70 wins like they've got 62 wins right now and they're still yeah without cp3 that's it is impressive what they're doing yeah so yeah i I mean yeah good i think that the mavericks won't have enough for the suns but I think the Mavericks are a sleeper. I like, I think their defense is, is great. Lucas playing great. I really like their move of getting Dinwiddie. I think he's an, he's a nice piece to add to that roster. And, and you've got Brunson and Finney Smith. Like they've got 
think they're missing a piece, but it would not shock me, you know, if CP gets hurt in the in all of a sudden you look up and the Mavs are in the finals. Wow. I mean, yeah, I hadn't considered the Mavs going to the finals. When you have a player with like Luca that can elevate your team, then yes. I, I don't think they have the roster in the West to get to the finals. Um, could they take down the Suns? Potentially. Potentially. I'm not ready to go there yet. Um, I think it's a long shot for the Mavs to get there. I do. Even with I, – I, I think they definitely are a piece away. I, I don't I don't think it's a great chance, but I'm just saying don't sleep on them. I think that they have a shot, um, especially with the Warriors. Like the Warriors had a huge win last night against the Jazz. Huge win. Uh probably securing making you know, securing either a three or four seed instead of a five or six, which is huge. Um, but I, I'm just worried with the Warriors, like it's kind of like similar thing with as the Nets. Like it, yeah, you've got you've got Steph is injured. He's coming back, supposed to be ready by round one, but who knows, like, you know, who knows how he's missed a whole, basically a whole month. Like you've got, yeah, but I'm also out of all the guys who could miss time, me not worry about them coming back. There's two guys and Steph and KD, you know? Like, yeah. I don't yeah. worry about those two, but it's just like the, with Steph in everything changes and you've got all these guys who haven't played together, like clay, Draymond and Steph haven't played together once this year. Throwing Andre, who's been out a bunch. Jordan Poole, like, has been playing amazing, but he hasn't played with a lot of these guys. And so then Wiggins, like, who either does the great disappearing act or drops, like, 35. <laughs> yeah, or, or he shoots, like, 20 shots and goes 6 of 20 and yeah. single-handedly loses you the game. The, yeah, yeah, the Andrew Wiggins special. <laughs> so... If I were to rank it in terms of likeliness to get to the finals, I would probably go Suns, Mavs, Warriors, Grizzlies. Suns, Mavs, Warriors, Grizzlies. See, and I feel like people are higher Suns, on the Grizzlies. Grizzlies. Yeah, I'd put Grizzlies two. And Warriors three, you, Mavs four. Out of those. When when you when you when you uh are in a playoff series and everyone's trying to shut down Jaw, like and that's the sole focus of every practice of every game. Yeah. Everyone's. But I think Jaws that going going he's to? a defense breaker. Though I think you could scheme as much as you want for him, and it's not going to make a dip. Like, see, that's where I that's where I worry though, because he's not that good of a shooter. So I feel like he's going to be relying on a lot of mid range and outside shots. He's not going to be able to get to the rim and finish as efficiently. And it's going to be come down to like Brooks, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson. Like those are their next three highest scores. Yeah, but I think game. the Grizzlies are legit. Like I think they're legit, and they play team ball too, which is what you need in the playoffs. Like they're not trying to get numbers for themselves. Yeah, like they're, they're, they're all bought in. They're like I. I mean, I just see so much continuity and like a deep playoff run for this team. And I think that the natural course tends to be like they're too young, they're not ready, and that's what we do until like prove it. But like I think, yeah, they don't they don't have like the normal playoff scars like we saw like the Bucks had to go through, the Warriors had to go through. Yes, they got bounced last year and they haven't gone through like the normal course where like and they I, make it to the co- semis and then the conference I think and that's, the finals. But I, yeah, I think they're gonna get those playoff scars this year. Like I think the Mavs, I think it's probably gonna be one Suns one seed, Memphis two, Mavs three, Warriors four, and I think the Mavs might beat Memphis because Luca I think is the best player in that series, and I think that they're gonna put they're going to dedicate a lot of energy to shutting off jaw and it's going to be basically it's be a great series. That's yeah. Be that, yeah. As a Warriors fan, I kind of want those two teams to battle it out. And I kind of want the Suns in round two. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because I think be the Warriors, the Warriors play better against the Suns because the Warriors struggle against teams like the Celtics that are very athletic and can mess up Steph and Clay and get in their bodies and just junk the game up like that. Teams like the Suns that are more reliant on their skill and smarts, the Warriors do well against because they're also they're like smart that. like they're that. Like that, yeah. So. Um, yeah, I, I want the Warriors to get the four seed. I think the Warriors also want the four seed. Uh, I think they're going to aim for it. I think the Mavs would probably rather have the three seed. So I think that's kind of how it's going to shake out. Um, excited, excited for NBA playoffs, though. Um, last thing, Jerry, is I, I want to talk little football. Pat, you guys made a, finally made a move. Uh, <laughs> trading for Devontae Parker. Um, and I... It was just pissing me off on Twitter. I see all this stuff like like Devontae Parker finally going to a good situation where he can flourish. You're like finally going sure. to a coat. Like it's just like last I checked, the Pats offense hasn't been good in like three years. So I, I just wanted your take on on sure. like what this Pats team is gonna be. Um partly because uh you know how the NFL works, right? It's very rare where you get three playoff teams in one division like normally there's in in the division there's two playoff teams or maybe two teams who have a shot and then two teams that are below 500 and with the moves that the dolphins are making um i was wondering if you're a little bit nervous the pats are going to take a step back here uh and have the dolphins jump you guys so a couple things one Devontae parker thousand yard receiver 2019 1200 yards uh, okay, now that's out of the way in all seriousness. Um, I text Ted, who we've had on the pod, about every, like, Pats move, offensive line movement, like, who we're drafting, all sorts of, like, you know, rumors about the Pats, all, everything. Not one text was exchanged about Devontae Parker being added to this team. Um, this does not get us excited. The Pats fan, it's, we need a wide receiver, but, like, yeah, I I'm mean. Glad you're, I'm glad you're on it's that tough. take. Dude, it's tough. Like I'll see I, on Twitter people hyping up Devontae Parker, and I'm just like, dude, no man, other team would this I happen think we're for just, other than the Pats. <laughs> dude, this move is like when you the the you look at the meme and it's a stick, and it's like, all right, do something. It's like, okay, like we got a wide receiver, but like, dude, Devontae Park, like the dude can't even stay healthy. Like, <laughs> um, he's like he's shown explosion, but like, I, dude, I the only thing it might do is open up the middle for Jacoby Myers as number two. But like I don't want Devontae as number one. He's 29. Like if if he's not in his prime now, it's like I don't see him getting much better. Like <laughs> um, yeah. The the rest of it, the Bills obviously like division favorites, probably gonna win the division. Um, I think the Pats and Dolphins are gonna be battling for that second spot. I don't think just because the Dolphins traded for that offensive lineman got to re-kill, like they're clear-cut favorites to win the two, like the second spot in that division. Although I will say with the way the AFC is shaped up, I think both the Pats and Dolphins would be competing for playoff spots, even with the expanded 17 playoff. Yeah. AFC is loaded. That's going to be very, very interesting. I mean, the West, you like have, you have four teams there. You think they're going to make the playoffs. Um, That would be nuts too. If you, yeah. I mean, see four teams. (laughs) I don't, I think in the AFC West, I think one of those teams is just going to, you know, they're someone's going to get hurt or something and they're going to be bad, but you can see three getting in, and then you've got the Colts and Titans who both think that they're going to be playoff teams. 
The Browns he's will got, probably be a playoff team. The Ravens yeah, got, are going to be in the hunt. The got, Ravens are going to be healthy next year. The Ravens will make it, the playoffs next year. And and the Bengals, who went to the Super Bowl. So already yeah. there, that's what? Three in that division. There's four in the West, you think. That's seven. That's nine, counting the two in the AFC South. And then you've got three in the AFC East, you think they're going to make the division, you know, uh, yeah. potentially have a chance to make the playoffs with the Dolphins, Pats, and Bills. So I'm, I'm liking the fact that the Packers – during the NFC because NFC is looking weak. It's looking real weak. So, dude, yeah, we talked about. It. I mean, you have the Rams, the Bucks, and uh, who's the third that we that we threw in the Packers? Maybe we're still three up there, like right behind them, the Niners. But yeah, I mean, literally, like the NFC is so much better. Which which is fine because it, the last fifteen years the NFC has been a powerhouse where you have six or seven teams, and then you have the Patriots and the Chiefs in the in, in the AFC. So like, it's about time the power shift. Yeah, and although the Pats aren't at the top, like it's good for the NFL. Yeah. Last thing on football, I was seeing, uh, I saw, I was looking at the ESPN like mock draft, the uh, rankings or whatever for fantasy sure. uh, football. Javante Williams was supposed to be the fourth pick in the draft. Crazy. Really? I would not take him there, but uh, I thought that was kind of funny. Cooper I did Cup not was see third. That. That's surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But uh, all right, Jerry, I'm looking forward to watching the Masters. We'll get that get that going this weekend i'm excited about that and uh baseball we'll get a baseball pod for you guys maybe not before the start of the season but uh at some point here we'll get a baseball pod out for you guys i'm excited for that make sure to go follow love letters to baseball uh i don't know if you've been seeing me on twitter jerry but i've been uh i've been predicting the uh records of all the teams with uh yep with uh with jackson on love letters to baseball so that's been fun um so stay tuned for that and uh, Jerry, you got anything else you want to uh, get off your chest here on the pod before, uh, before we break off here? Dude, it is Masters Week. If you need me, I will be in the golf course on the morning and the afternoon. I will be glued to the television. Oh, yeah. It's golf season. I've been playing. Uh, it stays out pretty late here these days. It's laid out pretty late. So I've been leaving work at 430. I have a, there's a golf course two minutes from my uh, – two minutes from my office so i'll go straight from the office to the course tee off before 30 get in the full 18 and be home before eight that's very chill that is very, very yeah chill. so it's super nice so golf is back and it's a master's week so we're all pumped uh gary's good talking to you today and uh I'll talk to you guys next time tv sports signing off the mic